0: Welcome to the COVID-19 Researcher Spotlight Series. Today, I'm joined by Nama Giva-Zatorski of Technion, the Israel Institute of Technology. Namah's group developed a protocol for detection of SARS-CoV-2 RNA directly from nose and throat swabs without the requirement for RNA purification. Her group has also applied this protocol to saliva samples. The method utilizes Reverse Transcription Loop-Mediated Isothermal Amplification, or LAMP, offering rapid results that Nama and her team hope will enable successful community surveillance. Hi Nama, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Sure. Thank you.
0: I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about your latest COVID-related research.
1: Yes, happy to. We uh, performed a collaborative uh, research at uh, the Technion together with the Rambam Hospital, in which we tested whether we can apply the NEB Lamp uh, method directly on human samples. Uh, we tested uh, nasopharyngeal uh, throat, throat and nose swabs, and uh, then uh, also some saliva samples. So our first uh, set was on the swabs that are usually taken and submerged in the media that they are submerged in. Uh, We directly took this um, sample and tested whether we can detect uh, the virus there. And the next set uh, was um, on saliva samples, directly on saliva samples. The the throat and nose swabs are submerged in universal transfer media, UTM, and uh, usually are taken to the standard lab lab uh, QRT PCR machine, and uh, this uh, machine provides a cycle.
0: So, Nama goes on to explain that the detection of RNA in RT QPCR begins with the RNA being transcribed to cDNA. CDNA amplification is then measured in multiple cycles, with each cycle producing more DNA until it reaches some detectable level of the target. The number of cycles required to reach this detection threshold is inversely proportional to the amount of the target RNA in your starting material, in this case, SARS-CoV-2 RNA. So the more virus in a sample results in fewer cycles to detection.
1: This is the standard method. We um, took the same samples and applied uh, the NEB-lamp method on them and compared it to the cycle number of the standard technique.
0: How do the viral loads within those different sample types compare? Do you find that in general, viral loads are higher in one sample type than in another?
1: In our case, uh, all the swabs were a combination. At that time in Israel, the um, samples were taken from both nose and throat to the same tube. So we we did not compare nose and throat. And then uh, we compared that to, to saliva.
0: Okay, I understand. So nose and throat combined samples in universal transport media. Correct. And then saliva samples.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's even the same swab uh, from both uh, locations. Oh, wow. Yes, there was a shortage. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, my student that took those swabs, uh, just not not as part of this uh, study, just as a volunteer because he's a med student. He was saying uh, they would, yeah, the patients would say yuck, and they would. He would say, say thanks. It's not the other way. So it was first uh, throat and then nose.
0: <laughs> How do the the sensitivity of these assays of the lamp assay compare to the sensitivity of a of like an rt qpcr assay?
1: So we um. We adjusted the protocol uh, and, and in the adjusted protocol, uh, we uh, found that um, we can detect viral load com- at cycle 28 and lower, meaning viral load that is, com- that is equivalent to cycle 28 or a higher viral load. Uh, very few false uh, negatives. And on the false positive end, we see that um, we didn't have any false positives, only one. And even that false positive was uh, because we were very cautious. So uh, when we, so in the LAMPA method, as you know, uh, in the NEB LAMPA method, uh, the color change, it's isothermic um, and colorimetric. So we can see the change in color uh, when the virus is um present. So we first um, looked at the sample by eye and then also took a picture uh, with just with a phone because we were very limited. We worked in the Corona lab, which is a very, it's the SL2 plus and we had to be very careful with the machines that we bring there. Um, so we didn't have a very sophisticated camera, but I think it's, it's cool because the idea was to see whether we can apply the the lamp to the population, just with no equipment, no professional experience. Um, So regarding this uh, false positive uh, sample, uh, by eye it didn't look false positive, but when we took the picture and and gave it to several people, some thought it's positive. So that's why we mentioned this is false positive. But in general, we're, we're confident that the false positive rate is very low.
0: Mm-hmm. And is it very easy to identify um, a negative result versus a positive result by eye?
1: Yes, it's, it's very easy. It's important to, to look at the sample at the very beginning, so especially if we use um, saliva, but also with the UTM. So it's important important to compare time equals zero, the, the very beginning, and uh, 40 minutes after the reaction has started. Um, and, uh, but in any case, when it's positive, it's clear yellow and there is no, no problem to, to identify it.
0: That's great. So you mentioned that this might be something that people could perform on their own. Do you envision this, um, assay being something that is a test that someone could do, um, by themselves in their home?
1: Yes, I think so. Uh, it it can be done at home. I have to I would like to mention that um Rich Roberts and um and Nathan Banner were very helpful throughout, uh really supporting us and um and uh and it, it was uh, extremely helpful. Uh gave us uh, tips and uh and and, cetera, and it was fun also to to interact with them. Yeah, they're great. Okay, I would say it's possible to do this at home. Uh, It's important to have something that can either boil water or keep hot water. We think that a thermocup is the best, a thermos. Uh,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It's important to have a thermometer. It doesn't have to be too precise. So the reaction is performed at 65 degrees, but it's okay if it's plus minus several degrees. Uh, However, we still need to perform a larger experiment and to get the regulation in order to approve that uh, you can do this at home and uh, when you get a yellow result you're for sure positive and it's it's important to note that at this point with the conditions that we perform the reaction if you are negative it's not 100% that you're negative so it's more to find out if you are positive but it's not yet to clear you if you're negative because we uh, could not detect viral loads um that are above cycle 28 so lower viral loads that are still considered positive in the hospital we could not detect at this point so um so if you're negative it's not sure you're negative if you're positive we are confident that you're positive of course it's uh not bad to go and do the normal test as well but it's kind of another surveillance we see this as a surveillance test that can be that can come in addition to to the standard tests. Because it's fast, it's easy, it's cheap. You can do it at home. You can do it whenever you're worried. You don't need to go and convince anyone to perform a test on you. All these advantages.
0: Yeah. And so in terms of putting together the sample into the into the test components, I assume that you're pipetting some very small quantity of the of the universal transport media or the saliva into um, into the assay itself. So, um, have we thought at all about how that might be accomplished at home?
1: Yes, there are uh, loops. It's um, it really looks like a loop at the end, mm-hmm. a circle and um, and a stick. We use it a lot in lab. So this it's a stick, and at the end you have just. A circle. It reminds me of the um, loops that kids use to blow bubbles. Soap bubbles. Sure. So we have those uh, and companies create those uh, in quite precise quantities. So quantities of um, volume of microliters. So you can perform this reaction at home with such a loop that Mix up two microliters, five microliters, one microliter, whichever. Uh, we are still um, trying to understand which is better, but it's, it's truly possible to use a loop of, let's say, two microliters and then uh, perform all the steps only with such loops. Not difficult. So the reaction would be spit to a tube, uh, leave the tube at room temperature for 15 minutes Then take this uh, tube into a thermocup with uh, boiled water. Even the boiled water—it doesn't have to be at 100 degrees. It doesn't have to be boiling, but it can be from just a bar like we have at home and at work. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you press the hot button, we did that as well, and it worked. Um, Mm -hmm. The tube um, just—it's better to have like a floating, small floating piece in which you can stick the tube. The tube sits in this um, 95 degrees plus minus for five minutes. And then uh, you add cold water until you get to the 65 degrees. That's the degree where the reaction is performed. Wait for 40 minutes and um, watch the color change. So after 40 minutes, you take the tube out and you compare this to the color you had at the very beginning. So it's not a bad idea to take a picture at the beginning and at the end. But it's also fine if it's positive, you really can see the yellow color. So it's um, very convenient.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting and exciting to hear. I'm sure that, you know, there's a very high demand for people to be able to do some self-monitoring at home. And this sounds like uh, it could really enable that uh, in a pretty in a pretty simple way with with items that people probably already have in their home. I certainly have a a teapot and a thermos. So um, sounds like all I'm missing is a lamp reaction and the loop. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: then we need the regulation so that's, yeah, I I cannot say that you can do it right now at home. Uh, We need to, we are starting a big experiment at the end of this experiment. We'll, I hope we'll get an approval to, to to let the population work with this uh, reaction and uh, decide whether they are positive or negative. So at this point, I'm not, I cannot say try it at home and for sure if you're positive, you're positive. We need to perform a much larger experiment in order to get the approval.
0: That's really interesting. I look forward to that and I, I hope that you receive approval for that test soon. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this project?
1: I had, I had two friends of mine. Uh, with one of them, I uh, performed my PhD side-by-side in the same lab, Shai, Shai Kaplan, and uh, the other uh, friend, Asaf Autumn, uh, with uh, whom side-by-side we performed our postdocs in very different labs, but we, all three of us are very good friends. Um, So they uh, read the paper by Zhang and Tanner uh, from NEB uh, showing that uh, LAMP can detect the nucleic acid of uh, SARS CoV 2. Uh, We talked over the phone. They um, offered me whether, asked me whether I would be interested to see whether this can work in lab. In my lab, in the settings of the Faculty of Medicine here at the Technion, and uh, adjacent to the hospital, uh, to the Rambam Hospital, we are in close contact. So they thought, if I'm interested, uh, they thought it should be important to show the world if this works or not. So um, it took me several days to to absorb this and understand whether this is a a true. a good idea, uh, but quite quickly I was uh, happy with it and uh, very enthusiastic. We also um, called uh, Rich Roberts um, as uh, we uh, we know each other from um, another collaboration that we're performing for several years now on a very different topic. Uh, and after talking with and the South, talking with Rich, thinking, and um, uh, I think quite quickly all the lab uh, was very enthusiastic about it. So quite a few, uh, students and myself, um, my, my lab manager as well, uh, came to lab and, uh, almost didn't go home for about two weeks and, uh, and very, very few hours of sleep. Um, I would say that, uh, the Rambam hospital was crucial here as well because, uh, very fast they were also, um, very enthusiastic and uh, did everything they could to uh, enable this um, experiment, these these, um, tests. Also the Technion, uh, the the response, we had to get approval because it was during the lockdown phase of the labs. So every experiment or every project had to get approval. So the response I got was, wow, it wasn't the word crazy, but it was, this sounds um, wild, but we well, to uh, make a big leaps um in our in science so just go for it um and and that's how it started and with all this enthusiasm we worked um really uh, very hard but also very happy to to do this uh type of work because we really felt it can help the world and uh, after 2 weeks we got the, the this uh, paper uh, written with all, over 200 different uh, samples um, I have to say the saliva test was also an, um, quite an adventure because um, we got approval for a few saliva tests. We had to find someone that will agree to give us because, uh, his uh, or her saliva test because it wasn't the standard. So it was also kind of a, a mission. <laughs> I put Inspector Gadget on our group icon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sounds like a very exciting time for your lab. Um, and we really appreciate all the hard work that you and your team have been putting into developing new diagnostics, new tests for, for COVID um, to really help the world recover from this pandemic. So thank you so much for mm-hmm. your efforts. Thank you. And thank you for, thanks, Annie B, for this, uh, this uh, lamp
1: reaction. It's really, uh, it, it has a lot of potential. I can also uh, elaborate that we also tested um, different viruses with this uh, method and the method only picked the SARS-CoV-2, even um, other RNA viruses, DNA viruses, and uh, we, we didn't get a positive results result on them.
0: Awesome. I know our scientists are really proud of it and happy to have all these collaborations and to see all these different applications of the method, hopefully help the world move on from this pandemic, um, move forward in a safe and healthy way. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, nama. It's been really interesting to hear about um, your application of the LAMP assay. Um, and I look forward to um, hearing more about it in the future and hopefully hearing about an authorization for diagnostic use. Yes. Yes, we're waiting for the authorization, but
1: I'm uh, optimistic.
0: Excellent. Well, good luck. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the COVID-19 Researcher Spotlight Series. At the time of this podcast release, New England Biolabs currently has made available a research use-only SARS-CoV-2 rapid colorimetric lamp assay kit and is focused on supplying research use-only reagents to companies developing diagnostics and vaccines. Join us next time when I interview Dr. Josh Quick, a postdoc at the University of Birmingham in the U.K., Josh's work focuses on using genomics to inform diagnosis and surveillance of infectious diseases. His experience began with the West African Ebola outbreak in 2015 and continued with the Zika outbreak in Brazil the following year. During the current COVID-19 pandemic, Josh has been an important part of the Arctic network, which early on made available information like primer sets, protocols, and data sets to assist researchers in sequencing this virus.